Welcome or welcome back to Pre-Arb Excellence, a Roots-based Chicago Cubs podcast with an eye on player development. And this is take three on a look at the Cubs pipeline for a Wednesday night. Luis Lugo, six innings pitched, two hits, a run, an earned run, three walks, two strikeouts. Juan Gomez out of the bullpen late inning in two-thirds, one hit, and a save. Abiatal Avellino, 1-for-4, 2-RBIs. Tyler Leidendorf, 2-for-4. Nick Martini, 2-for-5 with a double. Trace Thompson, 1-for-4 with 2-RBIs on two separate at-bats. Iowa wins 4-3. With Iowa, there's really not a whole lot of offensive stuff to monitor anymore. There just isn't. Um, And with Juan Gomez... Not a whole lot going on there necessarily as far as future stuff. Ethan Roberts struggled a little bit. Have to assess that. No worries. South Bend, Alexander Vizcaino, probably the split story of the night. Uh, four innings pitch, five hits, four runs, three earned, three walks, two strikeouts, 66 pitches. Not a good sounding line. If you're just going by, I'm looking at the line of his outing. Doesn't look good. Doesn't look good. The reality is, though, he wasn't that bad. His first and second innings were very good. His second inning started with a sawed off. Ah, uh, geez, I can't remember if it was a, I think it was a change up in on the wrists. And the batter just barely got it over the shortstop in front of the left fielder to start the inning with a base hit. A little bit later, there was an error on a throw by Vizcaino to third base. Um, Things just went haywire. Things went haywire in the third inning. And Lake County scored four runs. He allowed nothing in the fourth inning. As we look at Alexander Vizcaino, we're not looking at how is he doing this week, how is he doing, uh, how's he doing this week, how's he doing next week. It's more of a case of how is he doing as far as how will this affect anything that's going to be going on in 2022, 2023. No worries, none. He, He was fine today. He was getting the curveball over better than he has before. The change was quite good most of the time. For one inning, Lake County was timing him up on a lot of pitches. Why that was, I'm not worried about it. I can, I'm pretty sure they can probably figure something out after. Um, not a major concern. Jonathan Perlaza. Two for four, run scored, three RBIs, three runs, uh, three run homer. Tyler Derna, one for two, run scored, two walks. Johendrik Piango, one for four with a run scored. Johendrik Piango's hitting 367 in high A. There were concerns by some people that maybe in advanced A, he would run up against it and um, be underneath his skis, not looking like it so far. Bryce Ball, 0 for two, run scored two walks. Lake County wins 6-5 to five as 
Burl Caraway, who's been pitching very well his last eight or nine outings. Two innings pitched, a hit, a home run, an earned run, walk, and a strikeout. A right-handed pitcher timed him up and curled one down the foul line. Kind of like a pitch that we might have, might remember from um, Eraldis Chapman in 2016. Guy timed him up. Congratulations. Well done by the offensive player. Burl Caraway is doing fine. Said part of the story from overnight was Alexander Vizcaino. The other part of the story is Tyler Schlafer. Six innings pitch, six hits, one run, one earned run. No walks, eight strikeouts. Bailey Reed came on in relief late. Inning and a third, one hit, no walks, two strikeouts. In fact, for the entire night, Myrtle Beach, no walks, 13 strikeouts. Offensively, Ed Howard, two for five. Jacob Wetzel, one for four, two runs batted in. Casey Opitz, two for four. He's hitting 350 at low A. And Fabian Pertuz, two for four, runs scored. Myrtle Beach wins four to one. A nice outing. Um, the Cubs winning three to nothing. I had tried another podcast earlier and I just didn't like it. I just didn't like it. I went on too long talking about the parent club, about the Cubs game. Dustin Steele pitched really well. Adbert Alzelay pitched really well. Frank Schwindel doing really well. If you have players who are basically making league minimum and they're doing really well, that's a good thing. Don't look for something to correct when there's nothing to correct. Um, Adbert Alzelay, who is he going to be on into the future? We don't know that. Who's Justin? Is Alzelay going to be a starter on into the future? We don't know that. Is Justin Steele going to be a starter or a lever? We don't know that. We don't know that off of one night. The key is, are they taking steps? Are generally the players taking steps that will make them better players on into 2022, 2023, and beyond? It appears they're kind of doing that. It's surprising how well the Cubs are playing this year, at least to me, since the break. After after the trade deadline, after the trade deadline, I thought the Cubs would be a horrible team. I really did. I really thought they would. I thought that Patrick Wisdom would be a whole lot more exposed than he has been. I didn't think he would keep hitting home runs. Frank Schwindel has been... Very surprising how well he's done. He's definitely looking like he should have a 40-man roster spot iced down this year. And I'm just going to say it again. Assessing the 40-man roster for the offseason is one of the best discussion points for Cubs fans to have. Seriously, are you know, it, it, go down the list, go down the list. Does this player, does, has this player earned 
a 40-man roster spot for 2022? Or if he hasn't, is he really close to having done so? Putting the cart in front of the horse is foolish. Assessing whether Frank Schwindel or whoever it is, whoever it is. If a player has earned a 40-man roster spot, then you stamp that he's earned a 40-man roster spot. Come the off-season, come decision-making time, come other stuff, then yeah, there will be decisions to be made. But as far as a player who's doing rather well so far this year for the Cubs, unless they go like 2 for 37, there's really no reason to get hung up on who they should be replaced with. If a player's making league minimum and they're doing fairly well, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. If you have a player making league minimum, doing fairly well, that's a good thing. You keep that player around, simply. Doesn't matter if he's 27 or 28 or 29. He's making league minimum and he's beating the snot out of the baseball. You keep him. Above and beyond that, yeah, there will be some moves. But somebody was talking about uh, whether, I think it was Ian Happ or Rafael Ortega. Like, you know, really, those two guys, they're not the concern. They're not the concern. It gets to the offseason and the Cubs have to make a move. And they might as well. You know, they're going to sign some free agents at some point, whenever that is. But um, assess who gets a 40-man roster spot over the offseason first. First is that. First is that. First is that. November 2021 comes before December of 2021. So do all the decisions. Do all the September decisions now. Then... In October, do all the October decisions. Then in November, do all the November decisions. Don't do the decisions that are going to be being made in May and June right now. Do the decisions that make sense for right now, right now. And frankly, that's assessing who makes the 40-man roster for the offseason. Looks like I, looks like I seem to have trimmed a whole bunch of time off of my prior podcast. So I will say, have a great day. The homestand against the Pirates starts on Thursday. Have a great day. Be safe, be nice to others, and enjoy some baseball today.